You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Hope all of you are doing well. Hope the fathers out there had a great Father's Day and you're off to a good start of the week. We're a little bit into it now. Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening for some. I I almost didn't make it on the air this week, but hey, hey, we got to be consistent, right? We got to be consistent with the stuff that we're bringing you in. We got to make sure that uh, we give the people what they want. I don't know if you actually want want the show or not, but we're going to pretend that you do. Good to be with all of you. We're going to run through on the water cooler chat here, Tuesday edition. We're going to run through some Cincinnati Bengals headlines. We're going to run through some AFC North headlines. We're going to run through some headlines around the NFL as well. Even though it's kind of a quiet time in the NFL calendar overall, there is still a lot of stuff to talk about. There are still a lot of interesting storylines to talk about, and we're going to get to as many as we can. If you are new to this episode, uh, or this podcast rather, um, we have a number of different episodes you can catch every week, whether it's this one, whether it's our kind of our flagship show, our longer deep dive show with John Sheeran and myself, where we talk bangles, we uh, go through some of the news, but we do a little more analytical stuff and opinion-based stuff on that show. And then, of course, we do listener questions live two to three times a month as well. So we're bringing at least two or three episodes from our show alone every week. And then, of course, you've got great stuff from Ace and Zim on Orange is the New Black and Matt Minnick and his Chalk Talk episodes, all part of the Cincy Jungle podcast channel. And you can get that channel. You can subscribe to it on your favorite audio streamer, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all that stuff. And then, of course, I believe it's somewhere down on my wounded limb, by my wounded limb down here on my left side, uh, there is a an icon you can click to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So let's get to it. Hello, everybody. They're seeing a lot of hello and who day from who day. Uh, hey, fellow Anthony, got to like that. Uh, Steve Edmonds. What's up, Steve? Uh, 64 Ohio State. What's going on? Robert Rohr. Good to see everybody. Stuart, what's going on? Uh, let's should we dive into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into some Bengals news and we will start. Where else could we start aside from Joey B, right? Joey B, we got to talk about him. Things are looking pretty good with Joe Burrow. And in terms of practice, his process back uh, from rehabilitating that knee, 
He looks pretty good. He's been doing a lot of different stuff. Hopefully you caught our episode last week when we spoke with Lindsey Patterson, talking about him, talking about the rest of the team. Very, very fun interview with her. So go check that out. But um, you see here, this is a, an article on Cincy Jungle via Pro Football Focus. Joe Burrow is on the brink of Pro Football Focus's top 10 quarterbacks. Well, what do we mean by that? Uh, this is from Kevin Cole and Pro Football Focus. Burrow ranked 11th based on PFF grade, 16th in EPA, and 13th overall in the Bayesian rankings, which combines the two. PFF's grade is based on them tracking each of Burrow's throws and design runs. The de definition of EPA is a little more involved, which in EPA is expected points added. The difference between the expected points at the start of a play and the expected points at the end of the play. EPA is the measure of a play's impact on the score of the game. An individual player's EPA is the sum of the EPA of the plays in which that player was directly involved. A lot of use of the word play. <laughs> uh, being directly involved is defined as an offensive player who ran through or kicked the ball, was targeted by a pass, or flagged by a penalty. You gotta love... I believe this is Patrick Judas who who yeah who did this one. You gotta love when someone puts it simply. To put it simply, Burrow is already sitting pretty high as far as quarterback rankings go based on his small sample size. These size these rankings are based on all of a quarterback season. So Burrow coming in this high already is quite impressive. Um, Herbert coming in at seven, Tagovailoa coming in at twenty sixth. So there's a little bit of context for you there, but. Burrow right around the top 10 mark in some PFF metrics as we head into the season. Gotta like that. But unfortunately, there's a little bit of a, a splash of cold water. And you gotta love when the experts give you some of these arbitrary rankings. Yes, Brian, he's number one in our hearts. You're right. And I'm sure this show is number one in your heart too, Brian. Uh, here we go right here. NFL quarterback rankings, where Joe Burrow stands among the rest of the NFL quarterbacks. Now, Chris Sims, has he's seen on NBC Sports, he's seen on Pro Football Talk, very engaging personality and a guy who knows a bit about quarterback play. He played at Texas, played in the NFL, and, you know, didn't, didn't have quite the career arc that his father did, but... You know, he knows a thing or two about quarterbacks. Now, look, there are times he has made these rankings and people go, whoa, what? Um, and as you actually sometimes look back, it makes a little bit of sense as you see how that season progressed. Now, this here we go with the Andy Dalton-ish type of rating in the Chris Sims ranking file for Joe Burrow in the NFL quarterbacks. He puts Joe Burrow at 17th. 17th. So... There is, uh, I'm trying to see where we have the quote here. I, I thought there was a quote here, but maybe not. At any rate, um, there's, a, there's a video here that you can check out. But here, here's the interesting thing. Ben Roethlisberger came in 22nd. Um, and this is the video here. Um, we won't play it because it's 10 and a half minutes long. Um, probably more entertaining than what I have to say here today. But I will... Let you all see that that is on Pro Football Talk. Um, it's on the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. So check it out. He has Joe Burrow at 17th. And look, there's not, I mean, number one, it's kind of like, well, I mean, no matter what Chris Sims says, 
Joe Burrow's still going to be Joe Burrow. He's going to play the way he's going to play in 2021. Um, this is an arbitrary ranking system, as I mentioned before, and it also is kind of like, well, just more fuel to the fire because there is a small sample size with Joe Burrow. He's coming off an injury, and there are, is a you know a fair amount of good quarterback play, particularly from guys at the end of their career still in the league and guys – uh, at the beginning of their career. So um, he still has some things to prove, believe it or not. I know we feel that he's proved quite a bit in just the basically half a season that he has played for the Bengals, but that is a ranking number 17 by Chris Sims here. Uh, now let's go to Joe Burrow's potential favorite target. At least he was that such a designated player at LSU when he was with him. Not sure if that's going to work out this way in particular for the Bengals in terms of favorite target, but Jamar Chase, uh, Cynthia Freeland talks about Jamar Chase and how he will be the most productive player based on her analytics um, and the most productive rookie wide receiver this Year. And you can see here she uses the next-gen stats. This is, So if you look here, he ranks number one. Next-gen stats shows, and this is on NFL.com, Cynthia Freeland. Next-gen stats shows that the Bengals used 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, three wide receiver, on the greatest percentage of snaps in the NFL last season at 75.4. By the way, expect that to continue this year, especially when you've got Chase, Higgins, and Boyd as your three wide receivers. They did not get a high-profile tight end. They do have C.J. Uzama coming back, which is a great thing. He's heading up that tight end group. Maybe Thad Moss makes the team and ends up having an impact. Drew Sample out there as well. But um, then, of course, they're kind of focusing in on Joe Mixon here as, as the bell cow back this year, it would seem. So expect that 11 personnel to continue. She mentions Higgins and Boyd, but as for Chase's, Chase's impact potential from a reunion with his LSU quarterback, Joe Burrow, one area that flags for success is deep passes, 20 plus air yards. Last season, Cincinnati receivers averaged just 6.9 yards per target, the second lowest mark in the NFL. Again, next gen stats. According to Pro Football Focus, Chase leads FBS receivers with 14 deep touchdown receptions since 2019. Pretty remarkable considering the LSU product opted out of last season. His 860 yards on deep passes in 2019 led the country. Uh, and then, of course, Ch uh, Chase was computer vision's most open wide receiver, judged by percentage of targets where he had at least three yards to work with on passes intended to travel more than 10 air yards. I'm throwing a lot of numbers and a lot of stats at you guys so far early on in this show. But that is to say that he ranks number one in Cynthia Freeland's rookie wide receiver's uh, in terms of their impact and production this year and predicting that. So pretty, pretty promising stuff. I think we all thought that could be the case, but uh, nice to see national media members talking about that. So go check out that article on NFL.com. Let's continue on with wide receiver talk, shall we? This may be a little bit of old news. I don't really care, though. It's pertinent. Let's talk about it. Darren Simmons tabs Trent Taylor as the front runner for punt returner spot. This is from my co-host, John Sheeran, contributor at CincyJungle.com. Referencing Ben Baby and his, his Twitter account saying that uh, he said right now he is the front runner, but Puka Williams is someone built for that spot. 
and is working to make up for the lack of experience. Puka Williams does have a little bit of return experience in college, but not near punt return experience that Trent Taylor has. So uh, they're, they're getting looks at people there. There may be even, uh, you know, some, some rotating in the Bengals have done that in the past. It wasn't with Zach Taylor that they did that, but they may rotate some guys, give, give guys the hot hand, so to speak. If you remember, there was kind of a, you know, Adam Jones would get a spot return here and there, even though he was a starter on defense. So uh, they may do something like that just to get a little spark. But Brandon Wilson back as the kickoff return specialist. It seems that Darius Phillips isn't really getting too many looks at punt returner. You have Trent Taylor. We've seen a couple of other guys out there, Puka Williams being one of them. So that'll be an interesting preseason battle to see who wins that one out. A lot of people like Trent Taylor. Trent Taylor is a guy who's unfortunately experienced a lot of different injuries, but was impressing people in San Francisco before some of the latest injuries hit. And he is a guy that um, could come in and kind of be one of those preseason heroes. Um, You know, usually that's kind of an immediate undrafted guy that ends up doing that kind of thing. But Taylor could be one of those guys that comes in and, uh, you know, uh, wins a roster spot, you know, does the dirty work in the slot and then, you know, some some other arduous work uh returning punts if you will and and maybe he maybe he does grab onto a job there but uh sounds like as of right now he is the front runner continuing on with the offensive side of the ball Zach Taylor is optimistic that this big year three, not only of his scheme, but just in general, that things will begin to click in year three for the Cincinnati Bengals, and they will see a huge leap in production. Obviously, if you go back to what I referenced with Cynthia Freeland's next-gen stats concerning Jamar Chase, and you see those stats, what he did in college in terms of the deep ball, in terms of the yards, um, you know, off of deep passes. I think it was 860 we said earlier. So that's an element that's hopefully going to be added that has been missing the past couple of years. Um, but this is from, he kind of told a bunch of reporters here, quote, I just think scheme, overall scheme-wise, it's year three for some guys, year two for others. And obviously we've got some rookies and new vets, but we've really taken strides there. It makes, it makes sense to the guys. They're not just out there trying to remember what they do. They know exactly what to do, and now they can take it to the next step there. That's the part I think is most exciting as you look at it from a head coach is to see the ownership the players have taken in the systems and the leadership that has really emerged and put us in a really good position. Uh, there's more to it here. Uh, we made plenty of errors this offseason, but you get a chance to reload, get the correction done, and seeing it live in person is far better than having it on Zoom. So we talked about the in-person practices as opposed to, you know, the the stuff that the players and the coaches in the entire league, the entire world had to had to fight through last year uh, with the, with the COVID pandemic. But look, we talked about this a little bit. T. Higgins is now, I mean, you saw him grow towards the end of the year quite a bit. The talent was always there, but, you know, maybe at the beginning there was a little bit more of, quote unquote, thinking too much or, um, you know, however you want to phrase it, thinking instead of reacting, instead of letting instincts or, you know, a memorization of, of a set of plays kind of take over and you're more doing things naturally instead of thinking through it. Uh, that's a big step. And then, of course, you have, I don't, we haven't liked to overhype this aspect in terms of the 
relationship between Chase and Burrow and their rapport that was already built at LSU. But again, really where it makes the most sense is the fact that there tends to be with a young quarterback and a rookie wide receiver, there tends to be a lot of miscommunication in that rookie wide receivers rookie season. And that can lead to errant throws, uh, you know, turnovers, that sort of thing. And the hope is, and the expectation is that will be diminished because of the rapport that those two already had in college. So that is where Zach Taylor's, I think some of what he's talking about in terms of the the expectation that year three is going to yield a lot of positive results for the offense and for this team, guys are just getting more comfortable. They know the terminology a bit better. They're now also doing things in person and walking through things in person with their coaches, their fellow teammates, as opposed to you know, learning, learning things through a computer and and seeing things online, which, you know, for a, for a sport isn't as effective. I mean, that's just kind of the reality, um, reality with it. So anyway, hopefully to, from Zach Taylor's lips to God's ears, right. Uh, that, that (laughs) the year three will, will prove to be a big one and a, and a good step forward for this team. I think that's the expectation, at least at this point. Continuing on with the offense, I want to reference our pal Jake Liskow from the Locked On Bengals podcast, and he is also relaying something from Paul Daner Jr. And this is, uh, he, he writes, Jake writes, this kind of confidence in Quentin Spain from Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, is very encouraging. I also didn't realize that he was so in, in control of the left guard job, Spain that is, as described by the Paul Daner junior piece which you have to go subscribe and read the rest of as we have said go subscribe it is a paid service but go subscribe to all of the great content that paul daner jr and jay morrison put out for the athletic but the quote that jake is referencing by brian callahan is this one the guy i feel most comfortable with right now that he's going to be even better than he was the year before is quentin spain now he's got a chance to learn the system from day one and he's made of the right stuff He's played every spot on the line last year, it felt like. So to get him settled in with techniques and verbiage and all of that, I think that's going to help him. If he can return to how he played at Tennessee, that would be great for us. Played at Tennessee and also, <laughs> oh, by the way, against Tennessee last year, he played great and the offensive line played great in that in that game. Uh, a big win for the Bengals there before obviously their season got derailed with the Burrow injury. But go read that piece. From The Athletic by Paul Daner Jr. Go subscribe to their great stuff that they have going there. But I thought that was a telling uh, and a great relay by Jake there. A telling quote saying that basically, hey, Spain's our dude at left guard, at least right now. Uh, he looks he looks the part. He's, he's mean, he's nasty. And playing the natural spot, again, being with the team in person and not jumping in midseason, getting entrenched right now those are all positive things for Quentin Spain as he continues his growth with the Bengals and in their offensive system the Bengals got him on a on a pretty team friendly deal this year so the hope is he continues to grow and and be an effective uh effective guard for this team and then they can maybe have a long term inv- investment plan there so that's uh that was an interesting set of quotes there. Go check it out on The Athletic. 
from Paul Daner Jr. Transitioning to the defensive side of the ball now and the Cincinnati Bengals. Logan Wilson draws praise from Lou Anarumo and is expected to be the starting middle linebacker. Now we know that, yes, the Bengals made significant investments at the linebacker position last year, especially with the three draft picks there, but they haven't really done all that much in terms of traditional linebackers this offseason. It's been a lot of defensive backs. It's been a lot of defensive line players. So, the snaps may not be, you know, when you say starting middle linebacker, the snaps may not be what you're thinking about with a, you know, a Ray Lewis or that sort of thing. But again, referencing a tweet by Ben Baby, and this is on CincyJungle.com, uh, praised Lo- Logan Wilson's communication. Did Lou Anarumo, the Bengals defensive coordinator, um, and he seems to be entrenched as a starting middle linebacker heading into camp. So Anarumo you know, this, he's got to like the growth from Logan, Logan Wilson, Logan Wilson played, uh, you know, he played a number of years in college. And then of course, you know, it's not like he was an inexperienced guy coming into the league. He did play at a smaller school, but, um, you know, he, I I think he was a five-year, uh, five-year player. I got to go double check that, but at any rate, he's got a number of years at Wyoming. He was productive there and you saw quite, quite a bit of athleticism on, on a number of uh, occasions from Logan Wilson, some good dissection of plays. And then of course, you know, a couple of interceptions, one of which was against Lamar Jackson, I believe. So, you know, uh, he's, he's got a promising career. The Bengals have struck out quite a bit with third round linebackers, but this kid's got, you know, a good amount of upside and he showed some promise last year. I think he's. Uh, I think he's got a, a good uh, ascension on in route this year. Does Logan Wilson? So he appears to be this Bengals starting middle linebacker at this point in time, and and that's it may or may not be expected. You know, we've had some questions about where's Josh Bynes? Are they going to get another veteran? That sort of thing. I don't know. And that that comment probably makes you think. Hey, you know what? Given that we're not going to trot out, you know, a ton of traditional linebackers and we're going to mix looks up. We're going to do a lot of different things on the defensive line. Maybe they're, maybe they're set with those three guys they drafted last year and, and their maturity over one off season there. Maybe they like that and they'll go from there. But the Bengals may not be done. At least not. If you remember, they kind of really tried to go heavy in free agency on the defensive line. And, you know, they got Larry Ogunjobi. They did cut Geno Atkins, unfortunately. Geno Atkins is is kind of looking for his next opportunity there. But they lost Carlos and they got Trey Hendrickson. They're getting DJ Reader back, their big free agent acquisition last year. And now, um, you know, they, they did try to get another defensive tackle, but maybe another guy, Jarrell Casey, a guy who has had a very good career, particularly with the Tennessee Titans, Um, He has been dubbed as a best fit for, quote, under the radar free agent. Uh, And this is from our buddy Chris Rowling, who works for Bleacher Report and Bengals Wire. But he writes, quote, a rebuilding team with defensive issues like the Cincinnati Bengals would be a great fit to let Casey loose on a rotational snap count during a one year prove it pact. Um, So whether that happens or not, we don't know. There are guys like this who have been highly decorated, highly productive players that are still out there uh, on free agency, in free agency. And uh, I think Melvin Ingram is still out there on the other side of the ball. Trey Turner is still out there. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but, you know, there there are 
there's there's uh, there, there is no qualms about having depth and quality depth along the defensive line and uh Casey's one of those guys that's kind of one of those um you know kind of in that Geno Atkins mold a little bit he's not the the big DJ reader guy he's 6'1 just over 300 I mean that's still big boy but uh you know he's he's more of a uh, a penetrator and um you know can get in there on the pass rush a little bit and he's been a productive player uh, again you can see following five consecutive pro bowl appearances so um, a guy who could be a rotational base based kind of guy if he's up for it. And, you know, you've got Mike Daniels, you've got Larry Ogunjobi, you've got DJ reader, you know, um, they did go after a, a couple of other guys that they, that they didn't end up landing. So maybe this makes sense to them here. Does Jarrell Casey for the Cincinnati Bengals. I just teased him. I guess I should have lumped him in back when we were talking a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball. But Trey Turner is still out there, and he's still eager to find a new team. This, again, is from Chris Rowling, our buddy over at Bengals Wire. Uh, he is referencing a tweet that – oh, no, I'm sorry. It was on Sirius XM NFL Radio recently, um, and he said, I'm back at 100%. Last year was a rough season for me with injuries and just overall COVID. You go through things and situations arise, but you work through it. And you get through it. So I'm feeling good. I'm just ready to come back and have a phenomenal season. I think he had four or five consecutive Pro Bowls, did Turner. And then he went to the Chargers and things went awry there. Uh, There's been some conflicting reports if the Bengals have had some interest with Trey Turner. Uh, Trey Turner at one point during the free agency period was kind of retweeting some of these things from fans saying, hey, come to Cincinnati and all this kind of stuff. Um, But the other thing with it, and I don't know uh, how much this will sit well with the with Bengals fans. Just to kind of piggyback off of this report from Trey uh, Trey Turner, this is from Adam Schefter's Twitter account, and this was uh, uh, from June eighteenth, so just before the Father's Day weekend. Five time Pro Bowl guard Trey Turner wrapped up a visit today with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, to my knowledge, there has not been a signing there, but. The Steelers, who are in the midst of overhauling their offensive line, obviously see some value there with Trey Turner, and the possibility could be that he is going within the division, whether that may be with the Cincinnati Bengals, if they end up seeing a need there, or you know, maybe with the Steelers because of the visit. Now, as we just mentioned a couple minutes ago, the Bengals seem pretty happy with Quentin Spain at left guard and where he's at in the process of things. So, um, you know, it, it would be a right guard situation, it would seem, if Trey Turner is brought on board for the Bengals. And obviously that would need to probably be a team-friendly deal. We're going to get through a few more Bengals headlines. We're going to get through some AFC North headlines, some NFL headlines, and hop on out of here. Quickly on this one, there is a new bill that is legalizing sports betting passes. Um, I'm sorry, legalizing sports betting. Um, and this was passed through the Ohio state Senate and it was voted on by 30 to two. It was bill 176, uh, basically makes gambling on sports legal. Um, so 58 gambling licenses are up for grabs. 33 of them are des- designated for physical brick and mortar stores and 25 are for online betting sites. 
and bars have the ability to apply. Each county will be allowed a certain amount of licenses based on population. So interesting there. You can get more details on cincyjungle.com and uh, out on the internet there. But uh, if you if you are a resident of the state of Ohio, it seems to be that sports betting will be available within the state in certain capacities. So um, if that's your thing, I guess go for it now that it's legal. <laughs> Let's this one. Uh, this one hit a little home for me. I'm not gonna lie. Another PFF stat. Their study shows the Bengals having the worst injury luck in the NFL, and this is within the scope of the last ten years. You see DJ Reader there, who the Bengals lost after I think about five or six games last year. But the old war statistic. Pro Football Focus took their wins above replacement metric and applied it towards figuring out which teams have lost the most player value due to injuries. Their data goes back to 2012. And since then, no other team has lost more war, wins above replacement, value due to injury than the Bengals. So if it felt like you saw the cart more so than any other team out there, you could be right. Of the 15 worst seasons in terms of injury damage since 2012, John Sheeran writes, the Bengals are responsible for three of them. The Arizona Cardinals are the only other team that appeared on the list multiple times. 2013, 2018, and 2020 were the years the Bengals were hit the hardest per PFF's whale war-adjusted injuries lost metric. So, of course, Joe Burrow makes that list. Go back now six years. You can go back to Andy Dalton missing time in that playoff game against the Steelers. You can go back to A.J. Green missing a lot of time over a number of years. You can go back to Geno Atkins. I believe it was in 2014, tore his knee against the Miami Dolphins. You can go back to D.J. Reader last year, Xavier Suofilo last year, I mean, the, there's it's it's pretty st- – Joe Mixon, right? Gio Bernard had a, had a season-ending knee injury a, a few years ago. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And go back – you could even go back to that 2014 playoff game against the Colts. And you look at the roster the Bengals trotted out there. Uh, Jeremy Hill was hurt. I think Gio Bernard was hurt. I think A.J. Green was hurt. I mean, there was just – everybody was hurt in that game. And, uh, you know, the Bengals didn't, they, they put up a, a decent fight in the first half and then the Colts ran away with it after that. But, uh, you know, at that point they were really beat up. And unfortunately, you know, when we say it feels like, oh, the Bengals are just bad luck, injury, injury, bug, injury, bug. And there's kind of a little bit to that. If, at least if you take PFF stats to, uh, to heart. Yeah. Dave Lennox says you can go back to Kajana Carter. You can. We're talking the last 10 years. And really, that starts in 2012, ends from this last year, basically, or up to this point. You look at that, that's a that's the bulk of the Bengals' great run between 2011 and 2015, right? I mean, it, they had those five straight postseason berths, but here they are amid, they are the worst. They have the worst luck, essentially, in terms of wins above replacement and the whale metric that we just mentioned from PFF, and a lot of it's during that time. You can go back to Sanu. 
You can go back to Marvin Jones losing time. I mean, it, it's the whole, it's, it, it's a lot of, and it's not just, and that it, it plays to the war criteria here. It's not, you know, a lot of reserve players that are getting knee injuries and ankle injuries and Achilles and all of that. These are starting players. These are very, very important players to the team's success. And it shows. And unfortunately, that is a statistic and a set of data that PFF has come out with as it goes to as it goes with the Cincinnati Bengals and the recent successes or lack thereof going forward. Now, I'm going to share a little more lighthearted stuff here. Um, this is on cincyjungle.com and it is via bangles.com and their bang the Bengals Twitter account, but this is pretty cool. The Bengals are going to officially, we knew they were going to induct Ring of Honor nominees this uh, this year. We didn't really know when, but it is officially going to be during the week four game against the Jaguars, the Thursday night football game. So uh, here's the tweet here. Primetime in the jungle, number one versus number one, obviously talking about Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. Um, and then, of course, it's uh, it's September 30th, and you see all the great names here. So uh, I think if you, ha- if you are a season ticket holder, you would have had the opportunity to vote at this point in time. But this will be on the Thursday night football game that they will be doing that, and I believe it's at halftime. Um, so... Uh, Got to check that out. Got to check that out. Will be very cool. And some more details on bangles.com and whatnot. But cool stuff. Speaking of Ring of Honor, bangles, greats, etc. We would be remiss if we did not show something from... We, we promoted it a couple times on here. We had them on the show. This was a really cool event over the weekend. Um, this is a tweet... From uh, Bengal Jim, this is a video. This this is the Jungle to the Hall. And you see all the people here. Willie Anderson was in attendance in person. People were speaking. You see Willie there at the table. And uh, very, very cool event. And everybody who went said they had a great time. So very neat um, that this was part of it. And then, of course, if you look at Bengal Jim's Twitter account, over 200 Bengal fans from across the country stacked and packed the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Very cool event, and I know he put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that thing, and probably his own money. Guy went out, it was a weekend that was his birthday, and it was Father's Day, and he spent it doing doing the thing that he loves best. He spent it with his family out there talking about the Bengals and hanging out with fans. So kudos to Bengal Jim. Sounds like a great event and one that uh, I wish I could have gone to. If, you get, if you've got some stuff, send it to, to me. Send it to us at the show. And uh, we'd like to see it. We'd like to share it. Pretty cool stuff. So um, at, at any rate, good, good on you, Bengal Jim. And all uh, Jamie, James, I know they were both big on helping promote that event and get it going and off the ground. And hopefully that is now creating the groundswell that is necessary for guys like Willie Anderson, Corey Dillon, et cetera, to get the necessary notoriety that they deserve and then the necessary recognition that they deserve in the pro football hall of fame. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Before we transition to the AFC North and the news within the division, we got to talk to you about Symbol. And this is the website page here. And this is the page if you go to app. I'm sorry, symbol.app backslash OBI. Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot app backslash OBI. If you go there, this is the, the page that you will see. And you can see there is a $10 deposit bonus for you. It is the stock market for sports where you can buy and sell sports teams like stocks. So if you like to play the stock market, if you like to play fantasy football. We talked about sports betting earlier. This isn't sports betting. This is a stock market type of scenario here, but this is a great thing to add to your fantasy sports, your sports betting type of repertoire. It's a fun way to make money off of teams you love. And it's not just relegated to the Cincinnati Bengals. It is a lucrative one to pursue. And I would recommend that you look at doing that through Symbol. The, the cost has gone up since we had the partnership per share, but you can still make money on them, especially if the team starts performing well, winning games, and showing promise for the future. But if you're the, those Reds, those pesky Reds, they're playing some good good baseball. The Angels are playing some good baseball. You can you can go on the baseball side of things. Um, you know, if you like basketball, you can you can kind of gauge some things there and see uh, where you can make some money. But basically, it's an opportunity for you to invest in teams buy and sell and make money potentially off the teams that you follow and love. So check it out. S I M B U L L dot A P P backslash O B I and get that $10 deposit bonus immediately in your pocket. As you look to invest in teams within the division, the big talk with the Baltimore Ravens is what's going on with Lamar Jackson. Where where are they at with a contract extension? How are both sides perceiving things? There are a couple of different layers to this article on NFL.com, which came out last week. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are placing, quote, a big emphasis on improving the deep ball in 21. But aside from that, there's also some contract stuff. But here's what Jackson said about the about the, the deep ball. We've been work quote, we've been working, not just me, all the QBs and receivers we've been putting together and trying to make that a big emphasis for us this year. People are always saying we throw short intermediate routes and stuff like that. By the way, they do little five yard, 10 yard routes. We had some chances last year. We hit some of them, but we're just trying to be more consistent this year. That's where the strides happen. It starts in practice and hopefully it transitions to the game. Just got to keep working on it. And, of course, they mentioned, you know, who are the options he's really had to, to throw to. Marquise Brown, um, you know, and then, of course, they brought in Sammy Watkins this year, who's playing um, playing pretty well in practices. So, um, you know, that's we'll, we'll see if that's improved. It's They're not the only team. The Bengals are trying to improve on that as well. But um, Mike Garofolo reported that the Ravens consider Jackson's extension priority number one and are aiming to get it done prior to training camp. I, I do believe that Jackson and maybe his family, I, I don't know exactly the dynamic there, but I think they're, they are kind of going agentless, if I remember correctly. So there's going to be maybe some possible entanglements there. Uh, don't quote me on that, though. I probably need to do a little more research before I speak on that, but I, I seem to remember that kind of being the case. But regardless, um, 
it's going to be uh, something to monitor for sure to see how this plays out with both sides here. But the Ravens want to get a deal done. Just a matter of, um, you know, what that looks like and what both sides deem fair. Cleveland Browns talking more contract extensions here. The Cleveland Browns and Nick Chubb are trying to get a deal done and they want to. Cleveland's where I want to be. And this is through the Associated Press. Um, it would mean a lot, quote, Chubb said on Zoom as the Browns began their mandatory minicamp. Cleveland drafted me however many years ago it was and trusted me and put their faith in me to come here and help build this culture. Quote, I feel like Cleveland is where I want to be and hopefully everything can work out in that direction. And it was however many years ago, it was uh, 2018. And he has been a very, very good player for them. Very good player for them. And so he's been kind of a nice, uh, key to success for Baker Mayfield as well as has that offensive line being able to utilize play action and, you know, uh, spread things out a bit. So that is, um, Chubb wants to stay there. So, uh, you know, it's kind of, Hey, what, what do you pay him? They're probably going to look at that Joe Mixon contract from last year and use that as a barometer and maybe, you know, build upon that for, for Chubb's next deal. We'll see. Let's move on to, oh, I guess, I guess there's one more quick little thing, I guess, because this is centered around Southern California, but Baker Mayfield was in San Diego in a, in a suite taking on the Padres game with his brother and his brother's new wife, as well as his wife. Um, and so Petco Park, by the way, if you're ever in Southern California, go check out that stadium, that stadium first, San Diego is awesome, but check out that stadium. That stadium is awesome. Uh, but he was in a suite at first. And when I saw it, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Cause I only saw the back. I was like, is he wearing a, a Pittsburgh pirates uniform? I, I thought that would have been a no, no, but it was, it was the Padres. So uh, he took in the Padres game. Did Baker Mayfield this past weekend. I'm not going to play this video. I'm just going to, um, you know, show you where it's at in terms of the on Steelers.com. So you can play it, but Deontay Johnson, um, you know, a talented guy, a, a guy who took a little bit of a step back last year because he led the league in drops, depending on who you ask. I've seen it upwards of 13. I've seen it all the way up to 16 in terms of credited drops last year. But he is focusing, and it is a video on this. Uh, it's about four minutes, but focusing on catching first and running second. So, you know, I think it's it, he kind of credits it a little bit to maybe a little bit of a lack of focus last year, um, some other things out of his control, bad weather, et cetera. But, uh, you know, he is really working on the hands this year is Deontay Johnson, a talented guy, makes up a nice receiving core with uh, Chase Claypool as well as Juju Smith-Schuster going back there. So he is working on the dropsies that he had some issues with last year. Some big news around the NFL, and one came uh, came across the news wire yesterday, and that is, and this is from the Outsports uh, Twitter handle. Outsports is a, an account with SB Nation, but Carl Nassib, a guy who's played with the Cleveland Browns and has been in the league for a while, uh, 
shared, I think it was through Instagram or TikTok. I can't remember which, which social media platform it was, but basically shared a video coming out as gay. And he is the first active gay player in the NFL. And, um, you know, he has seen a lot of, uh, great support from a number of former Raiders players. I think I saw Bo Jackson come to his support and others. Um, so it's pretty big news around the NFL, really the, um, the, the first, I believe, since Michael Sam, uh, who came out gay when he was drafted by the Rams a number of years ago. So um, Carl Nassib uh, making some headlines there and getting some nice support from a lot of different, uh, different people. And kudos to him for uh, taking a, a, st a step in a direction that uh, may have been uncomfortable for himself to make, but um, you know, it's, it's a big direction and uh, was, was a big headline for the NFL and uh, kudos to him for sharing a personal side of things and, and kudos to those who are all giving him a lot of support. So um, that was, that was big news that came across the news wire yesterday and you can you can see all kinds of stuff on this in terms of the, the great support he's receiving from fans and whatnot i also saw that his jersey i guess was uh, a really really i think it became the uh, a bestseller through fanatics which was cool to see too so um that was some news from carl nassib there i'm sure a lot of you had heard that but uh good stuff there Let's go to NFL.com. This is this one was a fun one here. Who who was this that wrote this? Oh, it was Adam Shine. Adam Shine. Which franchise could win its first Super Bowl in 2021? Bills, Browns, and Titans top his list. So you go through here. There are 12 NFL franchises that have not won a Super Bowl. And yes, the Cincinnati Bengals were one of them. Uh you go down here. And by the way, there's the Chargers and Justin Herbert, Minnesota Vikings. And right down the middle, number seven of 12, um, Adam Shine has the Bengals at number seven of 12 teams with their chance to win a Super Bowl this next year. But he says, for this subject matter, it'd be best if my name actually rhymed with six because the final three teams on this list aren't winning the next Super Bowl. Strange things happen in a parody-driven league, and hey, I already predicted the Bengals would win more games than the Steelers, and I've got a comfy seat on the Burrow bandwagon, so let's go. Um, but um, while the playoffs feel like a stretch, I refuse to rule them out. Joe Burrow won't accept losing, so neither will I. And look at the weaponry surrounding Cincy's second-year signal caller, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, all of that. Um, but even with all of that, and the excitement that Adam Shine has for the Bengals and everything, it's still, he still can't, he can't, he can't give it to him. And if you remember, Adam Shine was a guy that was a very harsh Bengals and Andy Dalton critic. So, uh, you know, he did not, <laughs> he did not, uh, he did not take kindly to that. So um, that's, that's that there. Uh, here is, I think we've seen this a little bit, an all under 25 team with Lamar Jackson, um, heading, you know, headlining it all under 25. So it was a 20, just under 25 years of age are all these players here on, uh, there's no offensive linemen. There are no wide receivers, despite all the wide receivers we mentioned with the Bengals. But let me see if I can, uh, get it, get, uh, 
I might have passed it here. There he is right there. Jesse Bates did make the under 25 team on NFL.com. The, um, the only Bengals player, I believe, on that list. So, um, oh, well, boo-hoo, I guess. But good for Jesse Bates. And hopefully that is being parlayed into an extension. Another piece of news that's kind of being kicked around a little bit going forward. Let's see. Oh, let's go to CBS Sports. And there, this guy has received a little bit of flack every once in a while from conflicting reports and whatnot. Jason Lock and Fora, um, still a very well-respected guy in the biz and uh, puts out not only kind of an insider stuff, some insider stuff, but also puts out some of these opinion-based things. And this is NFL's make-or-break players and and coaches who could determine their team's fate this season. He's got Carson Wentz obviously up there. You know, you can go all the way through. I'll go, I'll, I'll save you a little bit of scroll here. I'll try and find it for you. But uh, essentially, it's not very, uh, it's not very out there in terms of his uh, prediction for who would be make or break the Bengals season. He's got Jadavian Clowney, surprisingly, for the Browns. He's got Bradley Bozeman for the Ravens. Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers and Joe Burrow for the Bengals. And for the Bengals, he writes, how quickly will he play after surgery, cut his rookie season off too soon? Will there be a lengthy process to get back to where he was? Will they protect him better and put him in better position to succeed? So that is the make or break players from Jason Lockenfora here. Couple more from Yahoo, and then we will bounce on out of here. Let's see if we've... The Chiefs' Frank Clark got into some trouble, and this is this kind of made my eyes open a bit. Uh, he was arrested on a weapons charge, and he allegedly had an Uzi in his Lamborghini. So uh, this was in Los Angeles on Sunday night. So uh, apparently they found an Uzi firearm in his car. He was... Um, he was... Uh, arrested and then um I, I think he was also arrested it looks like in march on another gun charge so uh you know uh, a little bit there but frank clark arrested for having an uzi in his car so um that's a little little frightening on a, on a number of different uh number of different ways but um he's gonna he's finding himself in a little bit of trouble here Lastly, Eli Manning is returning to the New York football giants in a new front office role. Um, so those Mannings, you can't get rid of the Mannings when it comes to the NFL. Uh, he is joining the team in a business operations and fan engagement role. The, Gi the Giants announced on money. There's a video on the Giants Twitter, uh, Twitter handle. So go check that out if you are so inclined, but, um, He's going to be uh, a Ring of Honor inductee, and I think they're going to also retire his jersey. So uh, Eli Manning returning to the Giants and uh, doing some cool things with them. There's also a little bit of talk about, like, what's going on with Peyton? A lot of people thought he would jump right into the booth, and uh, he hasn't done that yet. So either he's biding his time and waiting for the right opportunity, or, uh, you know, they're, I don't know, they're just, uh, he's kind of looking for, Maybe he's fine with the family thing. I don't know. 
I don't know. This has been another long one, the water cooler chat. Uh, we got through a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Hopefully you found it enjoyable. Hopefully you found it informative. We call it the water cooler chat so that we give you all of the news and headlines surrounding the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North, and the NFL. So if you are back in the office and you do get those water breaks and you're around the water cooler, you can talk some Cincinnati Bengals, some AFC North, some NFL, and uh, utilize some of the headlines we went through on this show. Why not? Do it. Take credit for it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We're going to have our show tomorrow night. John Sheeran and myself doing an analytical deep dive on the Cincinnati Bengals. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to going live with all of you. If you are unable to join us live, I mentioned all the ways you can get this program. Subscribe to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the major ones. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And when you subscribe to either, you get notified when we, new episodes are out, new content's out, when we're going live, all that good stuff. So um, we love interacting with you guys via live, via the live chats and whatnot. But if not, we, we're thankful that you are downloading our show, however you may be downloading it. We are thankful for that, and thanks for your support. Leave us a rating, too. If you like what we're doing, leave us a rating. If you don't, I mean, I guess you can leave us a rating, too. There's always that one or two thumbs down on YouTube that I see, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. But uh, leave us a rating so we can, uh, you know, get out there a little bit more and up the visibility of the programs and, and what we're trying to do. So appreciate you all. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you for another episode. This has been the Water Cooler Chat on Tuesday. Take it easy. I'm Anthony Cazenza. We'll see you next time.